Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dog Disruption Podcast. My name is Brett Titus, and I'm your host for what's going to prove to be one of the most exciting, entertaining, yet educational shows of its kind about the dog world. In studio today, uh, honored to be here with uh, my beautiful wife, Leslie, and our producer, Adam. Guys, thanks for being here. I am so excited to finally kick this off and get this going. Hey, thanks for doing this, Brett. It's, it's great to have you here. And of course, Leslie, uh, I mean, this is really cool. We've got two amazing uh, canine handlers. Leslie, you're a retired police canine handler, but you still train dogs on a daily basis, right? Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Very succinct as well. Um, but Brett, I, you know, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about your resume here, buddy. Because, um, I mean, I learned how to train dogs under you uh, before getting into this whole, uh, you know, business and podcasting thing. But um, back in the 90s, I mean, I, I met you on the dog training field. Uh, you've got a pretty extensive resume, as as does Leslie. But, but I want to dig into yours because you've trained like you know, eight to 10,000 handler dog units or something like that. Right. I mean, yeah, quite a few. It's a <laughs> boy, you're, you're dating me here, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, about 30 years that we've been doing this and uh, around eight, 10,000 canine handlers from really all over, all over the world. Um, it's been one heck of a good ride. Uh, I, as you know, um, still I'm on the job. I work for the Denver police department, full-time SWAT team, canine handler, uh, one of the greatest, uh, departments to work for. I am still that guy after 26 years on a job. I still like going to work. I love what I do. I love going to work with my dog and, and it's, uh, it's really been, uh, uh an experience that is unlike any other, uh, not to mention the, you know, I started this with uh, hunting dogs back in uh, Michigan with my father, got into sport work, uh, made it to some of the highest levels in, in the Schutzen world as well. So it's been, it's been good. So thousands and thousands of dogs. And I think that's what's uh, given me the, the skills to be able to sit here and share this information with uh, our audience today. Cool. And Leslie, I, I know you've trained uh, a lot of dogs. I know of a, an amazing, uh, German Shepherd that you've been training for, uh, I don't know, six or seven years Max. now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, he's just, he's incredible. And, and you, uh, you've coordinated so many of these different training courses that, that you and Brett have put together through tack dogs and, and some of the, uh, the amazing work that's been done really, I, I, suffice to say globally, uh, through your guys's organization. And so what you've got street experiences as working a dog and, and training a dog too, right? I do. I had a short career, but I will tell you that uh, when I met Brett, it actually changed my life. It took me from a person that had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Uh, I had never had a dog prior to my police dog. Subscribed to what I was being told, which I'm not necessarily convinced that those were the best things to be told. So when I met Brett, I changed some of the things that I was doing as far as training and literally in one month of time went from no control to great control where I could work the street without a leash and have my dog do exactly what I wanted him to do. That's pretty cool. So, so I'm going to sit back here and kind of run the soundboard. I'm going to let you guys kind of dig into this because I know that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of uh, people listening that are um, police and SWAT dog handlers, um, you know, that, that are in tactical environments, have to really seek uh, mastery with the, the training of their dog and the execution of the, the commands and things like that, all the way to people with pets. So, um, and, you know, I've got, I've got a couple German shepherds and they don't work the street or anything. They're, they're pets and house dogs and, and, you know, protect us here at home. And, 
and uh, you know, snuggle on the couch and things like that. But <laughs> but uh, I'm going to pass it over to you guys. Take it away and uh, teach us uh, a few of the the tips of of mastery here. And that's a, I love that word. Um, and Adam, uh, uh, he, he of course is very very humble guy. He has mastered obedience with his dogs, and he's absolutely right. Whether you're a police canine handler where it's life and death, or you're just a dog owner that uh, we should all have that good obedience, good control, and good uh, relationship with our dogs. And that's what the this first episode, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get into, I'm going to share with you three things that we think are very important when it comes to dog ownership. Um, first and foremost is the bond. And the bonding with the dog there's quite a few different aspects, uh, and I'm sure Leslie will tell you there is nobody on the planet that is more bonded with our dogs than Leslie, and that includes my police dog. It sometimes uh, breaks my heart when he will listen to her more than he does me, but it's it's truly because of the the bond that uh, she is connected with uh, with the dogs that we have at home. There's definitely a level of respect with that as well. I do have a lot of friends who have husbands that are police dog handlers. And sometimes I would think that they maybe step across that line a little too much. You have to remember that they're workers. They don't quite think the same because of the repetitions of the things that they do on the street. They don't quite think the same as your pet at home. We have to have that level of respects or when accidents happen and all accidents happen, we do have accidents. Everyone has an accident. You need to be really careful because it can be dangerous. That's right. And, and that's where understanding the way dogs work is such an important part of maintaining that bond. And that bond is basically you love your dog and your dog will love you back. And you do things that are always uh, in, in the benefit of the dog. Most of uh, the dogs that we've seen and the, the handlers and the dog owners that we've seen, um, most people have a great bond with their dog. And there's a couple reasons for that. They do so much for us. And let me just touch on the health aspect. Um, the health aspect of people that own dogs, it, they tend to be healthier. Uh, the Journal of Physical Activity and Health found that dog owners are more likely to reach their fitness goals than those without canine companions. Now, if you just think about how simplistic that is, but if you have a dog, take your dog for a walk. If you have to take your dog for a walk, you're generally going to be healthier. Not to mention the mental aspect of it. How many of us, those of you that have uh, dogs now or have had dogs in the past, remember you come home, you had a bad day at work or something crappy happened and you come walking through the door and you're already mad at the world and there's your best friend. And no matter how bad of a day you had, that dog doesn't care. They're just happy to see you. The tail's wagging. They're giving you some loving. And that right there takes the stress and takes the pressure off us. So you've got the mental health aspect and you got the physical health aspect of having a good bond and loving your dog. So that's the number one thing I want to share is keep that bond. Love that dog. They will give it back to you 10, 100 fold. And that's so important when it comes to dog ownership. Second thing I want to share with you is obedience. It is your responsibility. If you're going to choose to be a dog owner, obedience is paramount. You have to have good obedience leads to great control. The difference between obedience and control is good obedience is teaching the dog a specific set of exercises, physically 
showing the dog, making the dog sit and down and come and some of the other ones. And what that does is that will give you great control the rest of that dog's life. So if you're out at the park or if you're at home and you tell your dog to do something just out of repetition and good obedience, that control is going to be there. That's where it plays over into the same principles when I have my dog finds and bites bad guys for a living. That's what he does. Now, I want you to think about the liability and, and the responsibility that we have. I have got to have great control with my police dog. It's life and death. So the same principles, the same ideas that I use on my single purpose police dog that goes out and finds bad guys, we want every pet owner to have the same type of control. That good control means nothing bad or very rarely, as Leslie said, something that they are living creatures. We all make mistakes. But having that control with any pet doesn't matter if it's a, a poodle or a German shepherd. It doesn't matter if it's a five-pound dog or a 105-pound dog. We all have to have good control over our pets. And that's that's got to be driven home because without that, we really have nothing. And that's going to break that bond as well. The better off you are having control over your dog, less bad things happen, and that creates a better bond. And if we take on more responsibility that we are the human, we are, technically speaking, what we would think the superior one, <laughs> we need to communicate with them on our level, and they need to be able to understand. So it really only takes minutes a day to be able to do this, but without doing that, I don't know, we find things like maybe my dog is taking me for a walk. They keep chewing on the end of that leash. Why does your dog keep doing that? I don't know. There could be all kinds of reasons. Anxiety, they're doing it just to be cute. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. But after time, you're going to go through many leashes. You need to stop that behavior. That comes through obedience and control. That's just a minor aspect of what we're going to be getting into through, during these podcasts. But the point is, is that if you don't fix it, if you don't adhere to it and do it every day, they will develop bad habits. That's what we're talking about. And that's the number one thing. I think you'll agree with me. Tell me I'm wrong, but we don't necessarily train dogs. We train dog owners and handlers because most of the problems that are, that we see in dogs come from the handler because they let them get away with it. So we are more in the business of blaming the owner and the handler than we are the dog. 90, I would say, wouldn't you say agree 90% of the time it's what the handler and the owner is doing and not necessarily uh, the dog's fault. So that's really what we specialize in is teaching you how to better communicate with your dog. So those bad habits, number one, don't start. And if they're already there, we're going to share with you over the, the series of these episodes that we're going to do, we're going to share with you how to not let those things happen and how to fix some of those things that happen. So again, it's that obedience that leads to great control. That's, that's number two of the things that we want to share with you. Number three is maintaining that maintaining that good obedience that leads to that great control. It's the maintenance that, like anything, if you build a house or uh, any of you that are, that are athletes, uh, understand when I say uh, setting a foundation, getting good foundation, getting the good solid structure underneath you of what you're going to do. That's the same thing in the dog world when it comes to obedience. You want to set a good foundation, good foundational obedience. You can always come back to that during the maintenance stage. And if you spend 
the first, and I'm just going to throw a number out here because every dog is different. Age of the dog is going to be different. But let's just, for example, say you spend the first six months of dog ownership of good foundation, good foundation. That is going to give you the next, let's hope, 15, 18 years of that dog's life of happiness and good obedience and very minimal issues. Then during that time, all you have to do is come back and just do some maintenance work on it. Once you've got that good foundation, maintenance work is such a minimal amount of time. And again, that's what we see, uh, what we do in the police world is we set a good foundation. Good obedience leads to great control. We've got a great bond with our dog. And then we just have to maintain that. And maintaining it is so easy when you have a good foundation. So let me share with you... um, how I got started in this canine world. And, and it, it has to do with the bonding and it has to do with the passion that I have for it today. Uh, grew up in Michigan. My dad was a big bird hunter and we had Brittany Spaniels. And I was probably six, seven years old at the time. And just like any six or seven year old, I was uh, told to go out. I was the pooper scooper and I was a darn good one too. I could scoop some poop. It does take technique. It does. It does. You got to get it just right. The speed, the angle, the whole nine yards. I hated doing it as a kid. The dogs would jump on me and it was cold and I'd have to go out and feed and clean. And I just thought, ah, this is miserable. Until one, one day we were out hunting and we were with uh, my favorite at the time, uh, Brittany Spaniel, Mandy. And I'm going to share a little story. It's embarrassing, but uh, I, I actually named her from the Barry Manilow song, Mandy. I know. Well, I do know you like him, so I just got his tickets. <laughs> yes, Barry does rock. And so Mandy, my dad, and I are out hunting. <clears throat> my dad's an avid hunter, loved to bird hunt. The dogs were really good at hunting, and I was just kind of the tag along. I was the carry the birds. I was carry the extra ammo. I was just the the kind of the pack mule at... Uh, six, seven years old, you know, short attention span. And my dad had two rules. First rule was be quiet. Don't make any noise. And second rule was don't get lost. Well, of course, at uh, seven years old, I'm out there. Imagination runs away with me. And before you know it, I'm picking up sticks and sword fighting uh, dragons and all kinds of imaginary creatures. I look up and my dad and Mandy are nowhere to be found. So knowing I already broke rule number one, I got lost. And two, rule number two, don't make any noise. I didn't want to yell out. So I start to panic. I start to pick up my pace. That turns into a full-blown run, which turns into a full-blown, I am bawling my eyes out because I am in the middle of mid-Michigan, thick woods, and I'm lost. Before I know it, here comes Mandy. I hear her tromping through the woods. She runs right up to me, that little nub of a tail that the, the Britneys have, wagon 100 mile an hour and she looks at me as if to say what's your problem (laughs) why are you so upset so I felt really um relieved that at least I had her at least okay there's the dog so she turns and starts to run she gets about 10 15 yards away she turns around looks at me as if to say hey come on dummy come this way and I thought okay better stick with her at least that's something I know so I start to follow her uh, this goes on for, for several minutes. She wouldn't get that far. She would turn, look at me, make sure I was following. Uh, at one point, I got stuck in some pretty thick uh, brush, 
And I come out the other side. I had lost sight of her, so I started to panic a little bit. And right on the other side, there she was. A few minutes later, I'll be darned, um, she takes off, and I look up on top of the hill, and there's my dad. And he's facing away. He's not even looking at me. And I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, well, maybe I can just kind of sneak up like he doesn't know I was lost. And Mandy runs right up next to him and sits down. He reaches down and pets her, and I hear him say to her, oh, good. You found him. <laughs> and that meant the world to me. How did she know to do that? She took care of me. And that was that defining moment in my life at seven years old that I thought dogs were the coolest thing ever. And I want to learn how to communicate more. So from there on out, scoop and poop was awesome. I was the feeder. I was the only one to scoop poop and feed because I made darn sure Mandy was the best friend that I had growing up. Because to me, she had saved my life. So that's where the passion comes from. Um, I look forward to doing more of these and sharing as much information as I can. Um, It's worth it. Take care of those dogs. Love your dogs. And we will uh, see you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to Dog Disruption, your source for better dog training, obedience, systems, techniques, equipment, and stories. Hosted by Brett and Leslie Titus. SWAT and police canine handlers. Be sure to subscribe to the Dog Disruption Podcast wherever you get your podcast, and of course, leave a review. Also, don't forget to follow Dog Disruption on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also find us at dogdisruption.com. And as always, be a good dog.